This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. This is Bentley Manning, and I'm huddled around a space heater. And this is Callan Day, also hanging out by space heater. It's great to be with you all. Um, we are in our old new office, uh, but the heat's not on yet, so we have these little <laughs> space heaters. And for what it's worth, I feel like you all should know, there are two space heaters in the building, and there are three of us who are consistently in the office, and Bentley has given me and Teresa the space heaters, and so his office is just like 50 degrees. And maybe I just, it's coming to mind, Kellen, like a word for the finance committee. I know these things are not incredibly efficient. Uh, They're only going to be used until next Tuesday. And I also suspect the Finance Committee would be the same group of people that would want to make sure that we unplug them before we leave the office, and we do. Definitely. When you put the space heater in my office, you said like 10 times, you have to make sure you unplug this at the end of the day. Yeah, so we're, we're very diligent about that. Turn up the heat. Anyway, good to be on the podcast. Uh, all saints and all souls, both... Um, Before we start talking yes. about like the liturgical moment of this week, I feel like we should say like you might hear some ambient noise in the background. I don't know. I can't tell what their schedule is in terms of construction noise, but we're in the church building, which is also a construction site, so it's very possible you'll hear like banging or yelling, or (laughs) or holes being punched through sheet metal. There was a time, Kellen, where I would have said, that's the sound of progress. What do you say now? It's just obnoxious. (laughs) It's just noise. Yeah. You can maybe sense how we're feeling about this construction project at this point. Would you like to talk about the saints of God? I would rather talk about the saints of God. Um, Okay, so all saints... um, Falled on a was it Monday or Tuesday? <laughs> it was Monday. It was Monday. Mm-hmm. All Saints was on Monday. All Souls was on Tuesday. And some churches obviously kept the date, uh, celebrated those. The Church of the Incarnation this year is moving it forward uh, to this coming Sunday, so we'll be celebrating All Saints uh, this coming Sunday. And it's really a big day in the life of this parish because all the, you know All Saints is one of the. Uh, primary feasts of the church. It's like a big day. It's also Bentley Manning's birthday. So it's going to be just like a wonderful full Sunday. Uh, Kellen, I'm wondering if you wouldn't like just to talk about the saints a little bit. Oh, like just by myself. I mean, you don't have to go like catalog them, but just kind of when you think about all saints or all souls, you know, what kind of comes to mind? Why is this a great, why Why is All Saints a great feast of the church? Not every tradition celebrates the saints like we do within the Episcopal Church, within Anglicanism. Well, maybe we should highlight the distinction we're making, which okay. the feasts make themselves, these sister feasts, right? Yeah, I think that's right. So I, my sensibilities, Kellen, I think we share this, is that it's worth making a distinction because 
there are particular lives uh, throughout the church's history which reflect Christian virtue in a really powerful way. Um, And those folks stand as a kind of great witness uh, to the resurrection and triumph of Christ, uh, his triumph over death. And so I think the church rightly wants to set aside a day to think about, uh, to use kind of a, the heroes of the faith, role models even. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong saying that, role models. And while we could all think of our, the folks that we love who have gone on to greater glory, many of the folks in our own families don't necessarily rise to the kind of same, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Kellen? Level of sanctity. Level of sanctity that someone like St. Francis does. Um, And so I think it's worth just for the sake of both groups, remembering them kind of in in separate ways. But we obviously also remember particular saints and people throughout the whole Christian year. Um, But I I think that's why the distinction's there. All right, Kellen, I'm all pumped up about the saints and I can't stop talking. So I'm just gonna say a couple more things and I apologize for hogging the microphone. Uh, But one of the neat things, one of the reasons I think we celebrate all saints, all of them together, is because the kind of great cloud of witnesses, there are so many that it's impossible to kind of catalog them all or to remember them all in the sake of a moment. And I think like collectively what they show us is the myriad ways that uh, saintly virtues, the vir- like you know, Christ is reflected in lots of different people, lots of different cultures, lots of different uh, moments in history. And so there's something really powerful about seeing the different forms, I think, uh, all the saints take. They're not identical, right? And I think that's one of the traps we could get into is thinking that a saint is really just whatever the stained glass window looks like. But when you start digging, there are saints from, again, all over the place, different times, different cultures, experiences. And that is good news for us because it means that we could also uh, model our lives around Christ in a particular way. And that's that's really wonderful. I think you describe the Feast of All Saints really beautifully, Bentley. Um, and if the Feast of All Saints is about, you know, the heroes of the faith, the Feast of All Souls, which many churches commemorate, but not all, on November 2nd, is about all of God's beloved, right? About everyone who has um, died, and we remember those people that have died um, in our own lives, and we pray for them because we are still connected to them in Christ. We are still united to those um, people who are on the other side of this temporal reality, It was actually um, a really sweet moment earlier this week when I brought communion to one of our um, homebound parishioners on All Souls Day, and she was talking about her daughter's birthday, um, which had taken place recently, and um, her daughter had died early um, and young, but this woman who is now, you know, late 80s, early 90s said to me, you know, but we're still we're still very much in touch, which I think is sort of the spirit of all souls. Like you can still be in touch through prayer, through 
our union with Christ um, with those who have died. As one of my and Bentley's seminary professors used to say, or still says, I guess, um, you know, if you want to be close to your dead, don't go to the cemetery, come to the Eucharist. Further along, know all about it. Farther along, understand why. So cheer up, my brothers, live in the sunshine. All right, well, I think it's time, Kellen, to probably turn to the gospel reading for this coming Sunday, and I'm preaching, so I guess that means uh, the way this pattern works, you get to kind of tell us about the gospel reading. You are right. So the gospel text is the story of the raising of Lazarus in John 11. Um, The text begins with Mary coming to Jesus and asking you know, Jesus, where where he was, if he had been there, um, my brother would not have died, Mary tells Jesus. And um, Jesus asks where Lazarus has been laid, and Mary brings Jesus to the tomb. And, of course, we get this um, beautiful verse telling us that Jesus begins to weep. And then um, sort of the climax of the story, right, is when Jesus tells the people there to take away the stone and, um, and raises Lazarus from the dead. He says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out and his hands and feet are bound with strips of cloth. And Jesus says to all of them, unbind him and let him go. All right, Kellen, uh, thinking of this text about what's going on here, there's a whole lot that can be said. There's a lot of rich imagery, um, lot, many parts of this reading that um, I find incredibly powerful, one of which is just the tears of Christ. You know, that is a, um, a beautiful part of this story, I think. Um, but at least what comes to my mind initially when you're thinking about this reading in relation to All Saints is that it gives us a kind of provocative, uh, rich image of what it looks like when a community, when people, individuals invite Christ into a situation. And of course, like this is the great witness of the saints is that they are individuals who have invited Christ in, into their lives such that um, his glory and love and power is reflected in the world. And I think this story is an example um, of God showing up in the lives of these people in really startling ways uh, That that is not dissimilar from I think what we might want to say about the saints of God. I feel like people, you know, including myself, like to make the distinction with a Lazarus story about, you know, it's not the resurrection. It's a resuscitation, blah, 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 right? 
Of course, though, this is like a foreshadowing of Christ's resurrection in terms of the narrative, right? And Lazarus being pulled out of the tomb and um, the great image of Jesus's resurrection pulling Adam and Eve from the depths of hell or the depths of death. And to your earlier point, Bentley, right, the people who have experienced the power of Jesus's resurrection and their own lives, like, it looks like Lazarus. It looks like Adam and Eve coming up from the depths of hell. Um, it looks something like Jesus. And when that is so focused in a particular life and um, so forceful, so beautiful, we call those people saints. You descend upon me like a rolling stone, like a black swan raging over all that I know. You know it unnerves me when I lose control and I'm all out of options and I'm out of my head and I build my life around someone who I thought that I was but it turns out all the things I do to feel young they only make me old but you raise me like a baby like a fiery fiend Here's a prayer. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Hey, Kellen, uh, during our brief little announcement time on this podcast, maybe we could uh, tell folks how uh, they might uh, grow in saintly virtue and, and godly living. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, coming to church on Sunday, participating in the Eucharistic feast with the communion of saints. That's a great one. We also have a Bible study on Tuesdays at 1030. Uh, a great way to learn about how other people uh, have 
experience God in their lives and what it might mean for us today. And um, Monday through Thursday in the chapel at 8.30, we are praying morning prayer. And we'd love to have you join us. So consider all of those things. And we look forward to seeing you soon. In the meantime, know that we love you. We miss you. God's peace.